When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Hey, Santa! You could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy. On now at APCO. Ho, 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 ho. Here in Australia, where we go now, because the NRL is never short of drama and controversies, let alone on the park. Uh, we also see and hear plenty off the field as well. Now, yesterday, Phil Gould uh, was tweeting about uh, asking the NRL for a special exemption with COVID going through the ranks of the Bulldogs on top of all their injury woes. Uh, also, Caelan Ponga and his dad have been all over the headlines and more, and joining us uh, to make uh, sense of it all. Uh, is an exceptional writer for ABC Sports over in Australia, Nick Campton. Good morning to you, Nick. Uh, I wonder if we can begin by uh, talking about uh, Phil Gould's tweet and uh, whether that'll come to fruition. Will they get uh, some sort of special exemption, uh, the Canterbury Bulldogs? Morning, Smithy. I, I, I think the Bulldogs will have to get an exemption. You know, these are just the times that we live in. And if the competition wants to keep running with COVID, these sorts of things are going to happen. There's going to be outbreaks in teams. Teams are going to lose a lot of players on short notice. And I think, I think Phil Gould is right to ask for an exemption. And I'd be very, very surprised if he doesn't, if he doesn't get one. You know, like Canterbury probably don't need any more, any more drama or any more, um, no. any more blockages to, to what they're doing. It's been a tough season for them. But um, they'll have a team on the park on the weekend, which I guess is uh, all we can ask for in these times. And hopefully COVID is sort of uh, on the wane, to be fair, and, and won't affect uh, too many games in this competition. So... It wouldn't set uh, such a dangerous precedent, would it? No, no, I don't think so. I think everyone understands that these are extraordinary circumstances that we're, that we're dealing with. And like you say, you know, fingers crossed, touch wood, all of that, that we are closer to, to the end of this pandemic than the start. And I think this is that sort of thing that people will accept as being an exceptional circumstance at this time. I don't think people are expecting this to become a regular occurrence once, uh, once COVID's finally done with. So, Nick, what, what effectively would that exemption mean? Uh, just a delay in this game, a postponement of, of this game against the Broncos, or uh, maybe a bit longer? I don't think it would be a, a delay or a postponement. I think it would just be uh, bringing players from outside their regular squad into the team for the, for the match against Brisbane, you know, because of the uh, right. commitments to broadcasters and all, and all that sort of thing. And the NRL's shown itself to be uh, very aware of its commitments to the broadcasters. I think postponing games is literally the, the very last option. That's the nuclear option. So I think what will happen is some players will come up from, from reserve grade, maybe guys that aren't officially affiliated with the Bulldogs' top squad. They'll fill in for a week or two. Maybe the lower grade games get postponed um, because, you know, once those guys get dragged up, you need to find guys to replace them and all of that. But I would assume the first grade game goes, the first grade game goes ahead as scheduled. Okay, good. Look forward to that then. Uh, that will be on Friday. Uh, and there's an interesting story for uh, us in New Zealand as well as rugby league fans in general because uh, this is the story of 
Tamari Martin, who is named to start at uh, fullback uh, for the Broncos. Now, this is after being sidelined for three years following a brain bleed that everyone thought would rule him out of the game forever. So um, this is one, uh, one heck of a story, I, I feel. Absolutely, absolutely, Smithy. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing how Patamari does when he gets back into first grade because as everyone knows, you know, he was a, a very promising young player with the Panthers and the Cowboys and played for New Zealand and played in the grand final and all that. And it's not often that you get a second chance at a career when, when something like what happened to him happens, you know. He, he had bleeding on the brain. It was extremely serious. He had to pretty much accept that at 22 or 23... The thing that he'd been working for his entire life, his rugby league dream, was was over, you know. And but he, but he went he went back home. He played a bit of local footy, and I, I don't know how it managed to turn around because you hear bleeding on the brain, and you think, well, that's something that once that happens, that can't unhappen. But um, he's he's managed to to really pick up the pieces, and Brisbane signed him on a training trial in the off season. I know they've been really impressed with his attitude and his application and and everything like that. And yeah, it's wonderful to see him back in first grade. I. I wonder how he's going to go playing fullback, given he's been training at five eight and playing in five eight, playing five eight in reserve grade all year. But um, he's definitely got a fan in me. I, I, I hope he goes out and has a blinder and and uh, really gets back to the the player he was a couple of years ago. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a terrific story. So uh, we'll watch with interest and uh, hope he gets through it. Uh, okay. So uh, one of the other things which has been capturing the headlines, rightly or wrongly, has been the the saga around uh, Kalen Ponga. Um, his dad, of course, being um, uh, raked over the coals because he's not an, an official agent, we're told, so should have been uh, keeping his nose out of it officially. But uh, it seems that it's over. So what are the details around this uh, contract extension? Well, it's, <laughs> the basic details is it's a long extension for a lot of money. I think the Pongas have ended up getting the, the, the length of the deal they wanted and they've ended up getting the, uh, the payment that they've wanted, but I think they've had to give up a little bit of the power that they had over Newcastle. Like, as, you, as you'd be fully aware, Kalen Ponga had a lot of clauses and a lot of options in his last contract that he could activate if Newcastle didn't win a premiership. He could activate if he wanted to uh, switch to rugby and try and make the All Blacks. There were a lot, of, a lot of caveats in that deal, but I think Newcastle were just so desperate to keep him at that time that they were willing to agree to it. I think this time Newcastle are approach, have approached it a little bit differently. They, they want to hold more of the power. They want to be able to tell Kalen, well, no, we're paying you all this money. You're the face of our club. We're not going to put in all these get-out clauses for you. If you're signing for five more years, we want you to be here for the full five. No caveats, no nothing. Just you're a Newcastle guy now until, until the contract runs out. I don't think the, 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 the scales of power have totally tipped towards Newcastle because you could see Andre Conger in that press conference yesterday, even though he's not an accredited agent. So, but I, I do think this could be this could be part of a change. This could be the start of a process where Newcastle are telling the Pongers what to do rather than the Pongers telling Newcastle how it's going to be. And I think on the whole, that's going to be a positive a positive for the club, you know. And I, I, I like I like this deal for Newcastle because everyone can say, you know, oh, well, Caelan Ponga, he gets injured sometimes. He's not as consistent as he should be. There's, a, there's still a wonderful player in him and he's still just scratching the surface of, of his own talents. So I think Newcastle is a good place for him to continue to develop that. The money's probably a little bit high, but you're going to have to pay that to secure a player of his profile. So I like it for player and club and I'm glad that they've managed to straighten it out. But uh, I'll watch with interest to see where he goes from here. Well, Nick, that's uh, obviously one player that Wayne Bennett can't get his hands on, so um, he's still look, looking around. Just just how are uh, the Bennett signings going? We haven't heard much uh, on this side of the Tasman about 
the Dolphins' uh, progress in, in formulating their squads. Yeah, well, look, Smithy, I think it's get, starting to get to pretty, to pretty desperate states. They've, they've signed a few guys who are nice squad fillers, you know, like the Bromwich boys and Felice Cafusi, but they need a star. They really need a star. They really need to get someone that, that uh, Redcliffe can get behind. They really need to sign someone that makes the rest of the NRL sit up and take notice and realize, oh, wow, the Dolphins are serious. They're not to be trifled with. And they've lost out on a lot of those guys. I think they're really, really, really betting the farm on getting either Cameron Munster or Reese Walsh. Because if they don't get either of those two guys, there's not really any big Queensland stars left. And I think that's something they really need to launch to launch this franchise. So I, I think now... Munster is firmly in the crosshairs, and then I think Walsh is, is, is the more secondary target. But if they don't get either of them, I'd start having serious concerns about what that roster is going to look like in season one. Because, like you say, there just hasn't been as much movement as would have, we would have anticipated. They've been linked to so many different players, but just can't seem to close the deal on any, on anybody who's high profile or young or in their prime. So, while I'll always have faith in Wayne Bennett to work it out. There have been a, a, a long run of misses for them in the recruitment department, and you know the clock is ticking. Yeah, I mean, uh, just from the outside looking in, and you mentioned Reese Walsh. That, I mean, that uh, sounds like a mouthwatering amount of money for uh, a young guy who's still uh, very much proving himself uh, in the NRL, doesn't it? If that would, if that would come to pass. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I, I think that's what that's where the Dolphins are at. I think they're going to have to pay if they want to get Reese Walsh they're going to have to pay him on potential rather than what he's already done. They're going to have to bet that the flashes of brilliance that we've seen over the last 18 months are going to continue and he's going to develop into one of the best players in the league. Like, I think everyone agrees that Welsh has, has that football in him. Like, it's a possibility. But they're going to have to pay him like it's, like it's already happened, you know? And I, it, it could be a difficult one, especially with the, with the Warriors looking to relocate back home in a couple of months. You know, Reese Welsh is a Queensland boy. He's been able to stay in Queensland while he's been with the Warriors this entire time. So maybe the lure of home will be a, a bit too much for him to resist. But, um, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, that, one thing's for sure, I don't think the Dolphins will be beaten on price. They'll, uh, they'll roll out the checkbook. OK. Uh, good luck. Uh, good luck, Reese. maybe, uh, or Cameron anyway. So, hey, look, let, let's look at what the Warriors have managed to do this week in terms of signing. Cameron, George and co have uh, been able to sign Mitchell Barnett, uh, which is... An interesting one. That's for three years, and uh, he's got a history, uh, Mitchell. So, uh, what have they brought him to here? Well, it's it's, a, it's an interesting one, Smithy. Barnett's got a lot of a lot of ability. I don't think anybody would would dispute that. You know, he can play in the middle and he can play on the edge, and he can play both positions equally well. So, just being able to do that makes him makes him a valuable player. But the aggression that he brings to the game is just such a double edged sword. And every time it seems like he's grown up and matured and left some of the rubbish behind, something, something else happens. He does something else when the red mist takes over. Like that, that shot against Penrith, that's one, of the, that's one of the ugliest things I can remember seeing on a footy field for a really long time. And it was totally needless as well, you know? So while I understand his talent is something that the club, that, that the club can believe in, I would also hope that the Warriors can, um, can, can just sort of shave those rough edges off him, you know, really kind of turn you into the play that he's long promised to be. And, and maybe Nathan Brown saw something in, in those days back in Newcastle. Maybe Nathan Brown feels like he can uh, unlock something in Mitch Barnett that hasn't quite been unlocked yet. Um, but I guess, I, guess we'll, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, I don't mind it for the Warriors this year. I think a little bit more forward depth is, is always a good thing. 
I'm not quite sure where he fits in when everyone's fit, particularly when Tohu Harris is back, you know, and and because yeah. because they they can they can kind of do the same job in both playing middle and edge and everything like that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm tentatively tentatively optimistic about that one. Okay, uh, we know you're a Sean Johnson fan, and we've had seen enough of Sean back in Warriors colours to have a decent old reflection. Now, uh, how have you made its return to New Zealand? Oh well, you're damn right. I'm a, I'm a Sean Johnson fan, and for me, it's been one of the, the feel-good stories of the NRL season. You know, like I don't think Sean ever really wanted to leave the Warriors. I think he was more forced out than anything else, and I don't think he ever thought he'd get this chance to come to come or to come back to the club and and play again. And you can see in the aftermath of that win over the Cowboys when he spoke so emotionally about how much he loved the club and how much it meant to him. That was that's. Um, an honesty and a, and, and, a, and a true love for, his, to, for one's team that I don't think you see in a lot of NRL players these days, you know, and I think he's playing well. I really like his combination with Harris Tavita. I think they complement each other really, really nicely. You know, Johnson's, you know, the organiser and the game breaker and then Harris Tavita is so rugged and tough and helps kind of set the tone for the Warriors defensively and, and everything like that. So I know it's, with Johnson, it's always going to be a question of can he stay on the field because he's had all those injury troubles, but... I think as long as uh, he's there with Harris Tavita, the Warriors can give anyone a run on their day, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that it's, that it's worked out for player and club. OK, so that means uh, on April 25th, which is, uh, of course, the Anzac Day fixture, it's pretty traditional, Melbourne against uh, the Warriors. Johnson will be there. Um, sometimes the Warriors actually push the storm a lot closer than a lot of people think. In fact, they've beaten them from time to time. How do you see this matchup? Well, I must say the Warriors have exceeded my expectations a little bit already this year, but um, they're coming up against an entirely different animal this time around. Melbourne just look so, so impressive all the time. They just score points so easily through that brilliant spine of theirs. And, you know, I know the Warriors have pulled off a couple of ambushes on Anzac Day in the past, um, and it wouldn't surprise me to see them put in a really good effort, but it's just it's impossible to go past the storm, isn't it? It, it, it wouldn't surprise me if... The Warriors give them a good go for about 60 minutes and then maybe fall off in the last 20. Maybe a little bit similar to, to what the Sharks did last week. Um, and then we end up with a, a scoreline where we say things like, well, you know, that doesn't reflect the effort of the Warriors. They, they put in a really good shift, you know. So, But it's definitely a litmus test. And I think that's something the Warriors kind of need at the minute. I think they really need to see what the best in the competition is like and, and how they measure up against it. Well, the Tigers, uh, who were bottom without a win, they finally got one uh, at the weekend, of course, and this weekend they're up against uh, the, the Rabbitohs. Uh, Michael Maguire's got uh, two hats, of course. Uh, he coaches uh, West Tigers, but he also coaches uh, the New Zealand Kiwis, of course. So how secure in both jobs would you feel Michael Maguire is at the moment? Well, with the Tigers, he's definitely bought himself a, a little bit of time. How much is difficult to say? Like, say they lose their next four in devastating fashion, the drums will start beating again. But for the next couple of weeks, at least, he's secure with his Tigers job. With the New Zealand job, I actually think it's the other way. I think he's, he's very secure in that position. The New Zealand Rugby League has come out and backed him a couple of times this year already. Um, I know it's been a long time since we've played in any international footy, but he has a good record as, as coach of New Zealand. He steered him to a, to a win over Australia at the end of 2018, that was very, very impressive. And I know he really loves coaching New Zealand. It, it's, it's, he, he said before that it's one of the great coaching experiences of, of his life is coaching that team. So even if things do go south for the Tigers and Michael Maguire doesn't end the year as their coach, I would still fully expect him to lead the Kiwis at the World Cup. Okay. And, and just finally, uh, Ricky Stewart. Uh, I love Ricky Stewart. Uh, I think he's one of those 
Uh, fantastic coaches, and, and I love to see his reaction from time to time. Are we going to see a happy Ricky Stewart this weekend? Are they going to upset the Panthers? Oh, Smithy, I'm a Raiders man to my core, right? I, I bleed green. I really do. They're no chance. They're going <laughs> to they're gonna have a thousand put on them. Oh, it's going to be, Smithy, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be a massacre. Like, Penrith are just playing at such a high level right now. They're just so confident, composed, and tough. They know exactly what they want to do and exactly how they're going to do it. And Canberra are just, they're a bit of a rabble. They're a bit of a mess right now. Like, they have individuals playing well, but they don't seem to know how to combine as a team. They, Ricky Stewart came out last week and, and really savaged the effort of some of these players after the loss to the Cowboys, but then he barely made any changes as well. So, I don't know, barring, barring one of the all-time ambushes, I'm expecting Penrith to put a bit of a score on them. Oh, I feel sorry for you, mate. But uh, however, you've had some great days. Let's not forget you've had, you've had some great days. Feel some pain. Feel some pain. Remember, we're the Warriors on the side of the Tasman, mate. Hey, been fantastic, fantastic to to catch up with you, Nick, and get your insight into what's going on in the NRL and that uh, forecast for this weekend. Thanks for your time, mate. Loved it. No worries, Smithy. Thanks for having me, mate. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.